Welcome to The Wall of Soundtrack, a show where we discuss the music and soundtracks behind the very best TV shows and motion pictures. In this episode, we're going to review the music and soundtrack behind Michael Mann's epic crime drama film, Heat. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Orange Line Condo. If you're in the market for a condo in the DC metro area, you have to go with Orange Line Condo. Realtor Sean Battle has over 15 years of selling properties and is licensed in both the DC and Virginia area with Century 21 Redwood Realty. Sean has also been a top producer with the National Association of Realtors annually since 2005 and has been awarded yearly Century 21's Top Agent Awards for sales and quality service. Sean is also not only a good friend of mine, but he is a great guy and a realtor that is in your corner. If you are in the market for real estate, don't hesitate. Call Sean Battle now and get your dream home. For more information and to schedule an initial consultation, visit www.orangelinecondo.com or call 703-999-8108. That's 703-999-8108. Heat is a crime drama film that was released in 1995 and was written and directed by Michael Mann. The storyline is centered around Neil McCauley, played by Robert De Niro, a career bank robber and thief whose crew is being pursued by Vincent Hanna, a robbery homicide detective played by Al Pacino. The film gained notoriety for its heavyweight cast, its rich storyline, subplots, realism, cinematography, music, and style. Heat was actually the first film where acting titans Robert De Niro and Al Pacino actually shared screen time together. Heat also had an amazing cast of actors and actresses including the following. Robert De Niro as Neil McCauley, Al Pacino as Vincent Hanna, Val Kilmer as Chris Scheherlis, Ashley Judd as Charlene Scheherlis, Tom Sizemore as Michael Sherido, Natalie Portman as Lauren Gustafson, Danny Trejo as Trejo, John Voigt as Nate, Dennis Haysbert as Breeden, Wes Studi as Detective Sammy Casals, and Ted Levine as Detective Mike Bosco. My returning guest for this discussion is Cy Shackleford. Sai is a columnist for the entertainment and commentary review website, Action-A-Go-Go. You can follow his articles on their website, www.actionagogo.com. You can also follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Shaq underscore house 83. Sai is also a co-host of the 301 Color Commentators podcast. You can follow them on YouTube and Instagram. Here is my discussion with Sai on the music and soundtrack behind Michael Mann's crime drama film, Heat. What's up, Cy? How's it going, man? Andrew, how you doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I am fantastic. I am fantastic. I have been on a creative streak these past few months now. I've been doing, I'm building my YouTube channel and what's it called? Action and Go-Go is back up and running again too. So I've been posting mostly reviews of all the MCU Marvel films that that have come out this year, including most recently Spider-Man, No Way Home. Check that one out. You, Andrew, everybody, all of our viewers out there, one of the best films of the year. 10 out of 10. Really? Yes. And then I, I didn't, I, I'm sorry, I'm a little behind the eight ball on this one. Who's in that again? Uh, what's it called? Tom Holland, English actor. He plays Spider-Man. Um, Zendaya, she's like model slash actress. 
and also um all the villains from the previous uh, Spider-Man franchises, the ones with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, you know, the villains like Willem Dafoe, Platoon, baby. Okay. Um, Jamie, Jamie Foxx, Alfred Molina. Oh, man, it's a it's a star-studded affair. Awesome, dude. I'll have to check that one out. Um, and you also started this new podcast, right? The 301 uh, Color Commentators. Tell me a little bit about, about that. Yeah, me and my friend Anthony, who've been, who he and I have been friends since middle school, um, what's it called? We decided we wanted to start our own podcast. And in coming up with a name, we realized we're both pro wrestling fans. Let's make it a pun out of that as well as tell everybody where we're from. But we don't want to use DMV. That's too common. So right. we decided to use our area code. And then we realized, wait a minute. What are the announcers, the play-by-play uh, announcers in pro wrestling called? Color commentators. Right. Let's call ourselves that. Then we're like, uh-uh. Let's add a twist. The colored commentators because we're both black <laughs> okay all right well that that's a nice play on words man and i'm sure it's great i i'll have to check it out um but yeah we got our, we got our first episode already up and running nice and what'd you guys do that on um we did four topics well three technically i mean our format is we first thing we talk about is our the the current music we're listening to it can be old or new okay and um we talked about the director's cut of rocky four that was released in november which we don't recommend anybody view at all, even hardcore Rocky fans. Um, the, the the pro wrestling we talked about the Montreal screw job involving Brett the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels, and lastly we talked about that Netflix series You, the psychological thriller slash dark satire. Okay, okay, very cool, very cool. And um, so so are you guys planning on doing any like like type of album reviews or anything, or just kind of um, everything? Every everything really. We like to dissect pop culture. I mean, we have a we have a knack for it just as much as you and I do, Andrew. <laughs> nice, nice. I'll have to uh, I'll have to uh, you know be a, be a guest at some point and uh, discuss some uh, films or maybe some some albums as well. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. We plan on having guests on in the future too, and not just colored folks. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey man, uh, let's let's get into this soundtrack, man. This is a I bet. this is an awesome soundtrack, an awesome film, by the way. I mean, Michael Mann. Awesome. We've covered a bunch of his films. Ali, we did uh, what Manhunter, Manhunter, and now yes. this will be the what the third one that we're doing. The third one, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Michael Mann. He's one of my favorite directors. Let me tell you, the guy knows how to tell a story, and he even writes a lot of his own a lot of his own films too, and it translates well because he knows. He knows exactly what he wants to, how he wants to bring his vision to life. Yeah, and and it's so realistic, man. Like he, he comes from like I think one of his first films was like a, um, was a well that was like one of his like more like first feature film. But he had okay. um, he did this documentary. It's not really well known. It's called Insurrection. Mm-hmm. It was about like French riots back in the, uh, I believe oh, yeah? it was like the seventies, and I think. I see a lot of that in his films, right? Like the realistic, like he really does his homework on the topic that he's going to cover, right? Like Last of the Mohicans, for example, that film is like so historically rich and realistic, I feel like. Um, And I mean, like this film too, Heat uh, with the, with the, the the gunfire you know the 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 firearms and the 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 trade craft with the the bank heist and everything man just the dialogue like everything is just awesome in this flick 
even what even now, if you listen to the gunfire and heat, it sounds so realistic. It's like I wish I could have seen this in the theater. I mean, I caught it months after it dropped out of the theater and it was on pay per view. Because my parents, they were big, they were heavy into actors and and films like that, which got me into it too. So throughout my household, them talking about we get to see Pacino and De Niro on screen together for the first time. I didn't think much of it until years later when I learned more about the two. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is definitely a momentous occasion. Yeah, a friend of mine even said that the the scene where they're both talking to each other <laughs> in, in the coffee shop, a friend of mine said, eat the ketchup, the, the bottle of ketchup right between them, that should be a museum item. <laughs> yeah. It's just so, uh, I don't know, man. That's so, um, it's epic. The two, you know, uh, Titans, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, first film that they're actually like in a scene together. Yeah, they were they actually have screen time together. Yeah, because before that was almost was twenty one years before that in the Godfather Part Two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and they really didn't have any scenes together. It was just they kind of not, they were in the same movie, but uh, you know, they, that, they that, did the sorry, go they ahead. did pro, so they did plenty of the promo <laughs> shots together though. It's like you see a young Michael Corleone with a young Vito Corleone right behind him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, it's just um, I mean, to for them to be even in that film which is such an amazing sequel to, you know, of course the epic Godfather, the first movie, um, mm-hmm. but even the second one, and then to bring in a powerhouse like Robert De Niro along yeah. with, um, I mean, along with Al Pacino and um, what's his name? Um, the guy who played Fredo, uh, John, um, John Cazale. Cazale. Yeah. I mean, who was just a phenomenal actor as well. And Al Pacino just had uh, an amazing, amazing uh, respect for him. So as an actor, I do too. And Pacino during the seventies, that man got slept on left and right. I mean, he was nominated damn near every year for an Oscar during that decade. And it took him 20 years for him to finally get one scent of a woman, best actor. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and think about it like, you know, Martin Scorsese too. How long did it take him? I mean, no, he's not an actor, but I mean, uh, another Titan in the, in a similar genre, right. And directing, but uh, it took him forever to win. He didn't even win nothing for Goodfellas. I mean, he got it for The Departed, which was a good film, which is really good. But it's like, have you? I'm like, have y'all seen his earlier work? It's like y'all should have gave him something for that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he won it for Departed. I feel like he had so many other different good, uh, good films. He did. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it is what it is. But, uh, but hey, you, uh, this film. I mean, amazing cast, right? Um, like a. Al Pacino, what's, what's Val Kilmer, Ashley Judd. I mean, it's just an ensemble. Tom yes. Sizemore, Natalie Portman. She even a young Natalie appearance. Portman. Young Natalie yeah. Portman. Uh, Danny Trejo, who plays essentially plays himself, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't even give him a film. first name. Just Trejo. Trejo, yeah. Um, and Kevin uh, Gage. Yeah, Kevin Gage plays Wayne Grow. John, John Voight as Nate. I mean, Wes Studi, who actually plays a good guy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing, the only thing I remember him from, aside aside from Poltergeist Part Two, was that abysmal Street Fighter film that came out the same year as this. Oh yeah, he yeah. was Sagat. Yeah, Sagat. Um, and and then of course Ted Levine, who played uh, the infamous Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was, um, you know, Mike Bosco in this film. So uh, I always like kind of whenever I see him on screen, I always think of Buffalo Bill, though, just with his voice. So do I. So do I. Yeah, that. Oh, wait, wait. Was yeah. he a great big fat person? <laughs> yeah. 30. And, was it like 30 seconds with uh, Ted Levine and uh, Buffalo Bill? <laughs> you could find uh-huh. that. Or in uh, Silence of the Lambs, rather. 
That's fun. Yeah. And Jeremy Piven, he was in this film too. Yeah, yeah. He plays uh, yeah. a young Ari Doctor. Gold, right? <laughs> young Ari Gold. Tom Noonan, he's here too. Yeah. yeah. He was uh he was that guy Kelso. in last and uh yeah, Kelso, but he was in Last Action Hero too, right? Like uh, Yeah, he was Arnold the Ripper. Schwartz. Yeah, the Ripper, yeah. And he was a manhunter. He was a killer, Francis Dollarhide. Yeah. So, an amazing cast. I mean, all Yeah. All realistic, all great performances. Um so A-game. Let, yeah. And uh let, let, so let's get into this first track here. Let's get it. All right, so this is essentially used in the you know title sequence. It's called Heat. Uh, it's by a group called Chronos uh, Quartet, which is a um, which is a string quartet based out of San Francisco, and their lineup actually changes. You know, it rotates, but an epic group, really well known. And I mean, this is actually one of it's probably in my top three songs of this whole soundtrack, just because. I can listen to it and it just like always gets, it always makes me think of this movie, but it's like so intense with this scene when the train's pulling in to the, to the train station. And we first see like Neil McCauley as a character. Yeah. Cause we don't know what he's about really. So it's a lot of mystery during that opening scene. It's like, he gets off the subway, he's walking towards somewhere and then it plays all throughout. He walks to a hospital. It's like, is this due to EMT or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's and what you finally, think, right? You're like, you don't even yeah. know what he what, what what is he doing here, right? Like, mm-hmm. is he an ambulance driver? Who knows? Like, and uh, there's a but like there's also an intensity to it the way they mix that sound. You know, you hear that freight train kind of coming through, and it's like, uh oh, right? Like uh-huh, this guy, yeah. this guy's a force to be reckoned with. And some trivia here mm-hmm. with with this scene is it's actually the ending scene for Collateral. Really? It's, yeah. So when they they. The last scene in Collateral with Jamie Foxx shoots um, Tom Cruise, Cruise. his character. They pull into that train station, and that's actually where Heat starts. Oh, wow. So they're connected. Yeah. It's like these two (laughs) films are connected. It's pretty cool. Well, that's dope. I did not know that. That's (laughs) testament to how good of a director Michael Mann is. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he he was on a roll for, like, a while, man. He hit, like... Michael Mann did like Mohicans. He did uh, what Heat, The Insider. Insider. He did Insider Collateral. I mean, Miami Vice. I think was good. I mean, it was a little slow, but it was pretty good. His creation of the TV show that was better than the movie. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, that that was innovative as hell. I mean, what they what they did with music music in there, uh, style trends. They even popularized Five O'clock Shadows. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so many different you know, well-known actors that were in that show that just like kind of randomly have appearances yeah. there. Like their first acting jobs, like Ed O'Neill, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Edward James Olmos. Like, I mean, just oh, yeah. it's Castillo a, with that stare. Yeah. He's got that death stare, but <laughs> uh-huh, um, yeah, yeah, this is an amazing track. Um, it has like, you know, everything, you know, it's kind of a roller coaster of emotions. It's like sus- suspense in the beginning. And then, you know, you have the freight train come in and then it has that kind of intensity that builds up. And it's also played in the first, you know, heist scene, the, the armored car oh, yeah. uh, scene it where is, they where is. they knock over the, the armored car and they get in there and steal the bearer bonds. And then, of course, Wayne Grove screws that up shit. everything. That shit took planning, though. It's like, wow. It's like, that's what you got the ambulance for. That's what he's in that pickup truck for. It's like, and you got Trejo, like, following the armored car, doing communications with them, telling them how far back they need to be. It's like, good God, Neil McCauley, him and all his dudes must have been military trained. 
Yeah. I mean, they definitely, yeah. that's where I was going to back to, right? Like in the beginning is where um, he just really focuses on the realism, the training that they did. They all trained with like X SAS, like, uh, you know, firearms instructors and special oh, forces yeah. guys. And even that shootout that we'll get to eventually the bank heist shootout that yeah. was all built to scale and, and their tactics were all SAS, like special forces tactics. Yeah, we'll get to a bit of trivia about that when we get to the when we get to that scene and and the music behind that one too. There's there's some funny bits about that one. Yeah. Um, so this next track, we'll jump into it. Passengers, it's always forever now. Did not know that this was actually U2, their band. They were known under this like uh, pseudonym. Um, so it was like the rest of I believe it was like the rest of U2, and then uh-huh. Brian Eno who has a couple of tracks on this soundtrack as well. But yeah, the song's called always and forever. Now um, he was on the, any given Sunday soundtrack too. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I m- must've forgotten. Oh, no. oh my bad. My bad, my bad. That wasn't him. That wasn't him. That was traffic. I was thinking of Moby. He was on the, any given Sunday soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this song is, it's played uh, when Hannah essentially pulls into the parking lot in that, um, the club parking lot. He, he walks into, um, he walks into the club. Uh, he kind of was messing with the security guard. He's like, "Give me all your money," and he's like, uh-huh. "Put the gun to his back." Yeah, yeah. the finger to his back. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, it, it's cool. I mean, it's just it's kind of like this real fast like beat kind of. It's got like this kind of I don't know jazzy kind of tempo and te- techno kind of tempo to it. Um, it goes with Hannah because he's all over the place. In fact, the behind the scenes rumor was a reason why Pacino acts so crazy as Hannah is because Hannah is supposed to be on Coke. Yeah, that's what they said. Like his Coke was, or excuse me, his character rather uh, yeah. was supposed to be like, that's what Michael Mann told him to, how he kind of told him to act. He was like, you know, kind of just be all over the place, you know, sporadic yeah. and just unpredictable. So, mm-hmm. so those yeah. criminals off. Yeah, exactly. Um, like the whole, like the whole, give me all you got. Yeah. Give that, me all you got. That scene. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I can't believe that though. You too, right? That's, that's their. I, I, I didn't know that neither. Yeah. I didn't know they went by a pseudonym either. Passengers. Yeah. Something um, else. <sighs> yeah. That's some, some other trivia there. And then, uh, and then we go to the next track when he actually goes into the club, they open up the doors. He's walking into the the club and him being a detective, uh, police officer, he walks around the metal detector. I kind of always like that. Just like, yeah, it's just funny to me. And then you hear house of pain in the background and the, the song is top of the morning to you. And of and, course it's already morning. It's 2 AM there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also, you know, uh, the drinking aspect, uh, of that where he's having a drink, you know, after he talks mm-hmm. to, uh, to Albert and, um, and Richard, uh, he's up in like this, uh, like office area, which is like, it's kind of crazy because there's all these like different pictures of jazz players. And I think there's the picture of like yeah. Malcolm X there too. Like it's very multicultural kind of club job. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I, I like it. Cause like, I like how, I like how Michael Mann just like, will infuse all these different genres of music into the scene. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like nineties, right? I mean, you, you hear yeah. it, like, you know, house of pain is very like nineties, very nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, their, their most well-known song was Jump Around, but I guess Michael Mann wanted to be different and use another single. And it works. It works considering the the time of uh, the time of night that it is. And what's it called? 
and his eclecticism with music too. I mean, he was, you remember how he did what's it called in the very first episode of Miami Vice, uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight, how he used it in the scene where him and Tubbs, where Tubbs and Crockett are driving towards their destination with their guns. Yeah. It's often deemed as one of the, as the best TV scene ever. Yeah. I love that. Like what they have, they have, they have the Ferrari da- Daytona. And oh yeah, black Ferrari Daytona convertible, and they're driving, and you see like the lights reflecting off the front of the hood, and uh-huh. like wheel shots. I just love the the ambiance and the the vibe. It's so cool. Oh, it is so so cool. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I think this song it, it works. I mean, it works um, real well, and um, you know, I, I think the title is very fitting of, of of the scene or following scenes, and then you have this next one, which is kind of. I don't even know how to pronounce this artist. Einsturzend Nubatten. Yeah, so I'm assuming they're maybe close, German. Close enough. Yeah. A German-Austrian something. Yeah, and the song is called Armenia, and it's played in a couple of different scenes mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. The, the first time we see it was um, um, it is played where um, Macaulay spots uh, Charlene having an affair with Hank Azaria's character, Alan Marciano, they're at a hotel <laughs> and he sees like Azaria walk out of the hotel room. And I think, you know, I think Macaulay was just concerned because he's like, Hey, we may have like, she may rat on us. Right. Like, or like she doesn't know, he doesn't really know who this person is. He right. could I mean, be he an doesn't, he doesn't, FBI he doesn't, agent or it could be somebody, a cop, like who knows? Right. Right. And what's it called? Based on the conversation he had with Chris, what's it called? He was so certain that Charlene wasn't cheating on him, but Neil was like, let me find out. Yeah. And I think that was what, what he was trying to find out. I don't think he yeah. cared as much about the cheating, more of like the integrity well, he, of the crew. Yeah, like he, he needs Chris's head on straight. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So he like, you know, bust open the door. I like how you know, he pushes like the, the maid cart there. So she mm-hmm. thinks it's like a maid and he like kicks open the door. He's like, in her face, who was that me, guy? <laughs> I like how he like repeats it. Like, who was that guy? <laughs> De Niro, he's in the habit of repeating himself. Travis Bickle, you talking to me? You talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> but you hear the song in the background. It's kind of like a very sad, um, like keyboard kind of, you know, uh, sample. But it, it works. I mean, because it's, I mean, it is, it's, a, it's kind sad. of a sad scene. Like, because you know that Chris loves Charlene so much. And then she's, you know, cheating Cheat on him. On him. So. But then again, it's kind of Chris's fault. I mean, he is, but from his actions, he, he he's basically a, a grown child, pretty much. A child who's still growing, just like Charlene describes him. But then again, look at her. I mean, you, you're messing around in your husband who doesn't even cheat on you. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it, it, it's fitting. And there's a lot of these type of songs, like instrumental songs in this um, soundtrack. But they, I think they elevate the movie, right? And they just work so well with the, the They scenes. add to it. They're they're part of the they're part of the story itself. They're part of the narrative. You take it out, you take a big chunk of the narrative out. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like it was that was the same way, kind of in Manhunter. You had these these kind of scenes that, mm-hmm. or songs rather that that really elevated the scenes. But we go to our next track here. That's Terj uh, Terj Repital. I hope I pronounce that or pronounce yeah, that all right. the all these all these European electronic artists. Yeah, they they got. Oh, he's oh, this is a guitar instrumental. My bad. Yeah, he's a he's a guitar player, uh, Terz Rapidal. I think that's how you pronounce Ripdahl. it. Yeah, and um, the song's called "Last Night," and this is a really uh, awesome guitar track. Was this in the scene where 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 Neil is first at Edie's house, or the second time? 
Uh, it's the first time. So like okay. this is when like they, um, you know, they hook up for the first mm-hmm. time, but they're on yeah. the balcony and they're, um, you know, they're, it's like that amazing, um, that amazing like cinema, uh, cinematography like scene oh, yeah. where they're looking out on the city and it, and he's mm-hmm. talking about how it looks like you know, um, like it. Like uh, in Fiji, he's like they have these like iridescent allergy. Like that's what he that's what he says. And um, it's an they talk about the, yeah, it's an amazing scene. Um, what we talk say? about their families, yeah, yeah. They talk about their their families, and you 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 get the impression Neil's not kind of a a, a straight you know a straight edge guy. He's he's got this other life of crime, but he kind of allude, you know, kind of he kind of runs around the question and is a little vague about his family. But uh, I mean. He is kind of a little bit and like, uh, but he's letting himself be vulnerable because he kind of likes this chick. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, she, she, I mean, she he, she doesn't know what he's really about yet, but he he does he does kind of he does kind of like her, and it, it, she busted past his walls that he has up, even among even among his crew that he has up among them. Yeah, so he kind of goes against his own advice, right? It's like yes, yeah. If you feel the heat around the corner, never never let yourself get attached to anything that you can't leave in thirty seconds flat. If you feel the heat around the corner, yep, exactly. But um, I I love this track. It really reminds me of like David Gilmore, like from Pink Floyd, where he mm. does the uh, you know, he does those type of instrumental tracks, uh, guitar tracks that are they're really good and add a lot of atmosphere. So, uh. And it, you know, it illuminates that romantic connection between Edie and uh, and Neil, really well. Funny you mentioned, funny you mentioned David Gilmore because there's another track on the soundtrack that sounds something like a Pink Floyd instrumental. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it soon. We'll get to it soon. Um, but for now, it's like that's that's a good that's a good pickup that you found. Yeah, a comparison to David Gilmore with this track right here, and it also reminded me of uh, one of the tracks in Manhunter as well too. The track where uh, William Peterson as Will Graham is like looking outside the window, like just you and me now, sport. Yeah, yeah, I'm, just I'm, us. I'm blanking who uh, who did M- that. Michelle, Michelle, something like that. Okay, yeah, I I don't remember it off the top of my head, but um, yeah, this next one too, I really like this next track. It is by Michael Brook. It's called Ultramarine. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's like really instrumentally if you kind of geek out on the on the song and the instruments mm-hmm. and you listen to it you know the bass the bass guitar in this song is just so sick it's like that the picking and the, the deafening of the strings to get this kind of funky sound to it uh it just works really well he did the, he does the score for that christian bale mark Wahlberg film the fighter didn't the fighter he? Or, yeah Okay, yeah. he did yeah okay i recognize the name yeah he's a canadian composer he's done some 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 pretty uh Pretty big films. He did Mission Impossible Two, uh, Into the oh. Wild. Um, oh. But yeah, this is this song is great. I love it because uh, the first time you see this this song, um, he's like, I think he's he's getting into the car, like his his police uh, his police car, and he's like peeling out of the parking mm-hmm. lot. It's after they lose uh, they lose the trail on Neil. It's later in the film. But he's just like so pissed, you know. <laughs> I'm just yeah. I could see myself be. I know I've been in that that spot myself. Not the same exact circumstances, but like you know, when you get in your car after work or something, and you peel out. Like yeah, you just kind of you you feel for the guy. You're like I've been there. I've been there too. It's like either you're pissed or you or you got something to do. But it's like Neil. He's frustrated. It's like Neil, where are you going? It's like I'm out of here. He just walks out. Yeah, he's like uh, Bon Voyage. <laughs> He's like, bon voyage, motherfucker. You were good. 
he ad libbed that. He had to. Yeah, and then he drives out onto the street and kicks the uh, the TV. The TV out. <laughs> he takes the TV out onto the street. Everybody's like, Which, "What the hell?" Like, you know, they're looking at him. Even the, the scene where he even took the TV. It's like, what's it called? You don't mind your wife cheating on you, but you but you draw the line at the at the the guy she's cheating on you with about watching your television. What the hell? It's almost like that scene in True Detective, you know, where Marty gets mad at at Rustin Cole about the uh, mowing like the lawn. Mowing my, my lawn, lawn. <laughs> and, and, I, and I would have told him, "Then you should mow more often." Then. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, it's a great, a great song. Uh, the title, I like the song. Or excuse me, I like the title rather. It's Ultramarine. Ultramarine you know, fits well with McCall. Uh, excuse me, with Hannah, who's a Marine. Um, you find that out with uh, that discussion under the bridge with Nate and Macaulay in the car. He kind of pulls out, his, yeah, he, he pulls out the dossier on on Hannah, and he's like, "He's a Marine. The guy's a fucking maniac, man." <laughs> like, what the fuck you think he likes doing all day sitting around? No. And the vice sergeant says, "This Hannah, he likes you. You do this shop, you do all this shop, whatever." Yeah, yeah, he did that impersonation really, really good. <laughs> John Boyd, he looks the way he looks in the film like an old seventies pimp. <laughs> he does he does except he doesn't got no hat or no cape or nothing but still but that mullet <laughs> and, that, and that and that suit he got on yeah it, he does it he does a really good job though, man like he is a believable like you know uh believable like partner in crime in this film like he just yeah. he, he's like he just says everything like very kind of like subtly you know and just like low voice and uh he he's he's great in this film uh very very matter of fact and he's one of the few people that actually has Neil's back yeah and uh like, it wasn't like a wasn't like a son almost yeah yeah it, um i'm trying to feel like I, I feel like isn't there a character or um is it like in thief like didn't he had wasn't there a character was it um like somebody he worked with that was uh that uh, was like a, a father figure to him or something like that or maybe it was like willie nelson right and that, and that Will, he, willie nelson or J, or jim belushi one of them yeah yeah exactly but um yeah it's a good song um and we go to our next one who you know this this guy is uh infamous a blues rock titan bb king the thrill is gone yeah. uh amazing artist and uh this is played in the scene where hannah and the detectives are all kind of partying at the the restaurant slash bar and dancing and yeah. having a good time it's and, all a sharp it's all a sharp contrast to the scene before that where Neil and his crew, they're having fun. They're all laughing with their wives and kids and whatnot. But, but Hannah right here, Hannah is so detached. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, so, so, so was Neil. So was Neil in the previous scene, really? Cause he gets up and goes to call Edie cause he feels lonely, even though he'll never admit that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm alone, but not lonely. Yeah. And, uh, it, it it's a, um, it's a uh, it's a great song, but it's like it's almost like foreshadowing, right? Of what's going to yeah. happen with um, with uh, you know uh, Justine and Vincent, their their relationship. Mm -hmm. So uh, I mean, it's like the thrill is gone. The title says it right there. I think we already got signs that there were red flags in the relationship anyway. I mean, when Vincent comes home and the first thing he wants to do is have a drink and not eat any any of the dinner that she cooked. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're you're very you're you. you who you are in the job is who you are as a person. Yeah. And he's just, he, he, he says it too. He's like, all I am is what I'm going after. Right. So. Right. And in his conversation with Macaulay is like, I don't know how to do nothing else. Neither do I. Yeah. Exactly. Don't want to neither. 
Neither do I. <laughs> so it's like they're like flip sides of the co- the coin, right? They're yeah, they're they're almost equivalent, like, but they're on different sides of the law. So that's what makes this film so great. But um, the the dichotomy, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we go to the next track here. It's again by a uh, uh, Terje, I think that or Riddall, Terje Riddall, Terje Riddall, yeah, <laughs> uh, Mystery Man. Um, this is the second song you were talking about um, mm-hmm. when Edie and uh, Edie and Neil are talking out on the balcony. It's an instrumental track, um, and uh, you know it, 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 it's amazing. I mean, um, again, it's very. Uh, uh, very um, kind of it has a, a great vibe to it. I, it's it's hard to explain. It's got like a um, these like kind of electronic beats in the background and it, it and does. These, like, yes. these like high guitar kind of tones, like almost like David Gilmore, like I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It does, yeah, it does. It's um, what was I gonna say? Is this part of the same scene where what's it called? Where the cops are surve- thinking they're surveilling Neil and his crew, but the truth is it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. It's same like, scene. No, 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 no. It's um. You were thinking of like w- the previous song that we were talking about. Um, okay. Like uh, Vincent Hanna's like on the on the. It's before it's before the the detectives are partying partying at the um at the club. Um, it's when they're looking down at at um at Vincent or excuse me at Neil McCauley and Christian Hurlis they're all leaving the restaurant they're on top of oh, the yeah. roof yeah uh, right okay I got it I got it yeah 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 but, but mystery man yeah um just shows how little the LAPD know about these guys really they're setting up surveillance on Christian Hurlis's house Hurlis never talks inside yeah. Michael he can he can find that he can find him and just get rid of them quick and Neil he's the most careful one of all and Trejo we don't know much about him yeah, and like they can all beat the surveillance. They know how to if they think their car is bugged, they can just uh essentially get, rid of it. get out of um get it out of the range of the search or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, cuz what's it called? Remember when um when uh what's it called? When Hannah was watching Macaulay, he's like, "I had coffee with Macaulay a half hour ago and we were on you." Then he drove his car under an underpass where LA LAX flight patterns can't can't detect the car's yeah. still there, but he's not. Yeah, exactly. So these uh, dudes are smart. They're smart. Yeah, they are. And uh, so I think the title fits really well. Uh, fits really well with the um, the scene. Um, we go to our next track, Moby New Dawn Fades, which is one of my top tracks. Uh, and um, this is the one I was talking about. The sound, the one that has the guitar that sounds like Pink David Gilmore. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. When they're surveilling, when they're all surveilling Neil from the helicopter to him driving his car, and he has another tail behind him, which turns out to be Hannah. And yeah, yeah. So why do you think it sounds like Pink Floyd? Is it just like the guitars, or yeah, the guitars? Yeah, it's actually a cover um, of Joy Division. So like, oh, yeah? if you've ever heard of that band, it's uh, they're oh, like yeah, English. Yeah. They eventually they be they eventually became New Order. I know who they are. Yeah. So. Um, mm-hmm. The, the the Moby does a great job of uh, covering this song, and the guitars are just like cranked, you know, and the yeah, solo is nasty, you know, uh, and it fits for the scene because you have these two titans meeting for the first time, but it's like a very odd meeting, right? <laughs> like he's co- he's he's like you know he meets them um, essentially from like a uh, helicopter surveillance. 
you know, he's doing a revolving yeah. tail on on uh, on Macaulay's car from and he's on the 110. So he just like he tells the guy to drop him off on the interchange. He hops into the car and yeah. he's speeding, you know, to go catch up with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, hey, like you he, want a cup of coffee? <laughs> Let's get a cup like, of coffee, right? Fuck it, fuck it. Yeah, sure. Follow me. <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> and then that's where then that's where then that's where the best scene in the film begins. Like, holy shit. You're just looking at them like, good God. Titans. More than just the main two characters, the actors behind them. It's like, good God, who's better? Yeah. And I think they're they were playing off each other that scene a little bit, I think. It was more than just scripted. Yeah, it was it was uh it was amazing, man. I just love how I love that helicopter scene, the, the 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 cinematography where you see the skyline, the LA skyline, mm-hmm. and they're going between buildings and that's beautiful. Yeah, and you see a little bit of that Miami Vice too with some of those shots where they're in the helicopter and and the, yeah, they the do those those aerial shots where they make the the city or the landscape, the cinematography. They make that part of the storyline as much as the characters are. Yeah, and they um, and uh, you see it in Collateral too. There's a lot of those shots mm-hmm. as well. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a really good song, uh, one of my favorites. Um, and then we go to the, our next track here, and that is um, one I really didn't know about. I had to look this one up. This was uh, Steve Roach and the Solitaire. It's called Black Cloud. Um, was it on the Was it actually on the soundtrack or just in the film? No, it was just in the film. Um, there are a lot okay. of songs that aren't actually on the official. Um, on the official soundtrack maybe due to like royalties or licensing or some sort of some sort of uh, issue there but it's called black cloud and the song is played before the bank heist it's when they're they're eating breakfast at that uh that diner oh, yeah. and, and neil's about to like he's about to bang like yeah he's about to smash the phone on the uh hold up i got an idea because <laughs> trejo finds out that he is uh He's being tailed, but that's not the case. He's not being tailed. Wayne Grow had his wife. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was like it was it it wasn't that he was just kind of I guess being uh, you know playing along with trying to um, trying to get rid of Neil and his crew, right? Because uh, Van Zant who wanted revenge, and there's that whole yeah. other backstory. I mean, there's so many different stories in this movie. It's so crazy. There right? are. But, but it's cohesive, yeah. And this scene right here, we finally get to see how this plays into the main story. Because Donald Breeden, uh, ex, a black ex-con released from prison, he takes a job uh, as part of his parole as a short-order cook at a restaurant but gets treated like shit the whole time. Yeah. So it's like, how, how does this fit into the main story? And then we finally see. Yeah. They knew him, they, Neil and them knew the guy in prison. Dennis Haysbert, he's the one who plays... Uh, he's the all-state guy. Yeah, he plays Breeden... Um, and he's an amazing actor too. He does a phenomenal job. He's been in some other movies like Breach. I don't know if you've seen that one with uh, Ryan Phillippe. It's about the uh, Robert Hansen um, spy. He was the spy for um, the Russians, and he was in the he was like an FBI agent. That's a really good movie. Uh, check that the out only, if you ever get the chance. Oh, I will. I will. The only other film besides Heat where I've actually seen him in was a uh, another film that came out this same year, uh, Waiting to Exhale. Okay, the Whitney Houston joint. Yeah, where he played a, a husband who's willing to cheat and leave his sick daughter for Whitney Houston. Oh wow! I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Bobby Brown was in the film. He would have smacked the fuck out you. <laughs> but um, yeah. This, this scene, this scene is uh, this scene is um, this scene's really uh, I think it kind of shows like it's a bit of a social commentary on on, on the prison system. Yeah, really. I mean, it it, like, it is. 
you toss these guys out and expect them to be re- and expect them to be rehabilitated and re- reintegrate themselves into society, and society doesn't give them a chance. Well, not only that, too. I mean, like he's being extorted as a working man. He's like, you, if, if you yeah. remember, like when he interviewed for that job, he's like half or a quarter of your twenty five of your take home pay goes to me. Yeah, I mean that's extortion. I mean it's. And he just does it because he knows he can get away with it. And he's like, you know, if this other guy complains, I'll just go back to his probation officer and tell him that yeah. he was like, you know, being a jerk on the job or. Yeah, I'll write you up. I'll send you back out of here. If you do anything like that, I'll just write you out of here. Ask your parole officer. He knows the deal. Yeah. So it's I'm like, like this. They're like all on the take. Yeah. And it's like you can't win. You know, I mean, it's like, how do you fix this? So it's a big issue. It's always been an issue for a while. And oh. it's it's getting worse. I feel like, you know. With with I gotta, how many people are in prison? I gotta throw this in there too. The dialogue. Recognize the grill man? Yeah. No. <laughs> Folsom. D block. He housed with Dolby Rush. Yeah. I love I love that line. Now he introduced Donald Breeden. Yeah, like the way the way De Niro just like has where the way he says things, his dialogue, his enunciation, like it, yeah. it, it's just really good. It's really good. Um and even when he goes up and meets him, he's like, Hey, what's up, brother? You know, like, and you could just tell that these, like, they acted so well. It's like, you feel like these guys have known each other for like years. Yeah, they have. And it's like, they don't miss a beat. Just comes, but comes in the back, slaps him with that little, with that little, with that little, uh, scowl on his face. Yeah. He's like, What's up, man? Neil! Yeah. What's up, boy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's so, the first time we see Neil smile in the film, too. Yeah. Yeah. And he just does it so well. And, but it's like that one split second too, where this that's where this music comes in and it, it's so yeah. like the black cloud, you know, because you it's like this foreshadowing of what's gonna happen to Breeden. It's just one split second decision that changes like light for, forever, you know? Yeah. Once one answer, yes or no. Yeah. And then when he as he's contemplating, you hear the music come on right at the same time the the, the eggs are burning on the skillet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it, man. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm five. Yeah, I mean it's just like Fuck that. This job. It's just Fuck like this job. <laughs> then he throws he throws the like the the restaurant owner on the ground. He's like, get like, out of my way. What the hell you think you're going? Get the fuck out of <laughs> my way. Like, good, good, good. Hopefully everybody else in there he's mistreated will quit too. Yeah. And everybody in there was like, oh shit. You know, you can see like the expression on like all the other like workers' uh-huh. faces. It was uh it was great. But uh goes into the next huge scene here. It's the bank heist. Oh. And uh, we have Brian Eno, uh, who does this song. It's called Force Marker. It's mm-hmm. a, uh, I mean, it's just a straight instrumental track, but it's great. I mean, it just like builds up that tension. It's percussions, you know, and. Um, all throughout the bank heist. All when, when they first enter the building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, this, this whole scene, you really, in, in a perverse way, you kind of almost hope they get away with it. But you know they won't and something's about to go down. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, it's, it's. uh it just builds up the tension and, and, and they, they, they really do a good job of with the realism, like making sure that the, you know, they, they practice this and rehearse this. Like, and I even heard oh, yeah. that they went in and actually went into an actual bank and like did this for real, not like the actual, not the robbery, but like they, they walked through like a real bank and acted the way they were going to act in the scene. And nobody knew that they were even there. It's enforced enforced method acting, and De Niro, he's a practitioner of that. And oh, what I was gonna say was this scene right here—the whole bank robbery and the escape scene. Andrew, what's it called? When you mentioned that these guys practice with uh with ATF guys and FBI guys and learning how to shoot, 
Yeah, there's a scene in here where Val Kilmer's character, he fires his gun, then ducks down, changes the clip, reload, then fires it right back. And the military guys are like, the behind the scenes in the Blu-ray for Heat, a military guy was like, that's what I use when I train guys in order to use firearms. I'm like, you see that guy? You see Val Kilmer right there? You see that? If you can't change your clip and fire your gun as fast as that actor, you don't need to be here. Yeah, that's how that's how well trained they were. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's uh, it's an intense scene. And what's crazy about this is like the 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 force marker song will play all the way up to when, uh, you know, Val Kilmer Sherhurlis walks out to the car. He's got that smile on his face. Right, and then yeah. a split, oh, He sees the detectives like right across the street waiting for him. And it goes from a smile to like seriousness in like a like half of a second. I mean, that's and they just bad start- editing. That's bad editing because he should have already been in that car. <laughs> he should have, yeah. If you look at the scene, it's like, uh-uh. It don't take nobody that fucking long to get to their car. But, yeah, he's like, you know, Michael Mann likes to stage things. And, you know, like, uh-huh. you know, it just worked perfectly. You know, right when he's about to get in, he sees the police officer. And everybody's there, you know. And, you know, in real life, probably that would, you know, the the police wouldn't get there perfectly, you know, no, at the same not, time. Not, not, they wouldn't be there ahead of time like that. No, no, no. And what's it called? You see how they're all smiles before that. Breeden's a getaway driver. Chiritos gets in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, and then one of the b- most famous shootouts, you know, happens. Oh. And uh, yeah, they said that that was based off. Actually, I was watching the behind the scenes Real. for that um, for that uh, movie. There was a the, the DVD had behind the scenes, and this was actually based on like a real ambush that. Um, a real uh, ambush that happened to uh, SAS where they were ambushed in like Northern Ireland by oh, really? like, Irish provos or, or, and, and the, the SAS team was in the car. I believe it was like Mick Gould probably, or like um, Andy McNabb who they're all like SAS technical advisors yeah. and they were ambushed. And what they did is they were just hauled ass, you know, down the street and shot through the windows, <sighs> you know, like the, like they, like you see in this, in this bank high scene, and they then, shoot through the windows, yeah, and, and Breed ends up getting shot in the head. And they just got out, and it was like it was like you know they assaulted the ambush and covered each other, and that's exactly what you see in that that scene. Yeah, best as they can. Yeah, it's like what's it called, Michael? I mean, Chris, he gets shot, and what's it called? And and didn't, Macaulay has to haul him into a supermarket parking lot and steal like a, a, <laughs> a, a station wagon to get out of there. Yeah, it's like a Ford like tourist station wagon yeah. or whatever. I'm like you, you, lady. You left all the ladies' groceries up in there too. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so that was that was pretty crazy. But um, and and then I love that one scene too outside the supermarket where like the police officer, like one of like like Hannah's officers, gets hit, and he yeah. like he like you know he's checking him, but he gets like really pissed, and he like he he pops his like rifle up and takes a couple mm-hmm. shots back at at, at Macaulay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hannah's a father to his men, really. What's it called? You harm one of us, you harm one of them, you harm me. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it was amazing, amazing scene, uh, amazing job by Brian Eno with the uh, with the score. Um, and it's then one we, of the most tense, one of the most tense scenes that I've ever witnessed. One of the best action scenes too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have our next track here. That's uh, by Elliot Goldenthal, who did a, a bunch of. A bunch of songs on this soundtrack you know all of them we obviously for the sake of time can't go through but uh, this one uh, i wanted to cover because it is used in other michael mann movies it was used uh, i believe it was used in collateral as well um he tends but, to rehash uh, a lot of a lot of his old a lot of his old movie scores and soundtracks he tends to rehash them 
I guess if it ain't broke, why fix it? Yeah, exactly. If it works, I mean, and you gotta and you don't gotta pay nobody some new dude, uh, sound, some new musician for soundtrack money neither. Where you can just reuse an old one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this was a this was a good one. Um, it's played after Chris has the bullet. You know, it's being removed by Jeremy Piven uh, mm-hmm. in that like in that uh, medical facility or whatever. He, I guess he's like some, who knows who he is. He's probably like, 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 like an underworld criminal doctor or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, Nick or excuse me, um, Chris is like, you know, he's in pain, obviously getting a bullet removed. And oh, then yeah. um, this, you know, you have the keyboards and the synths in the background. They definitely add to the, uh, add to the uh, intensity of the scene. And it's, it's, it's straight up business with, with, Neil McCauley, you know, he's like, uh, he's talking to Jeremy Piven. He's like, give me a shirt. He's like, uh, what's the bottom line? You know? And he's like, uh, well, he's got uh, clavicle damage or whatever. Yada, yada, yada. And he's like, take your shirt off. <laughs> he puts the money yeah, down. They, he's like that. My daughter gave this to me. He's like, I don't give a shit. Who gave it to you? Gave it to you. Take it off. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 the deleted scenes, they give more, they give more real, they give more, um, they add more context of why he was asking for the shirt too. Yeah. Like, well, he has, he has, what size are you? Yeah, take it off. Switch shirts, pretty much, so they won't recognize me. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it wouldn't look good if he was walking around with like a, a shirt a covered shirt. in blood. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. So yeah, then this next track, man, Eric Clapton. I don't even know he had a, a, a song on here, but it, it's called Will Gaines, um, and it's it's an in- instrumental track. Um, hold up, hold up, hold up. one second, one second. The steel cello lament. I mean, does that also does that does that does it also extend to the scenes where what's it called where um. Where Charlene, she calls um, um, Alan Marciano to come get her, and the scene where um, Neil, where he enters Trejo's Trejo's house to find out what happened to him. Um, I don't extend to that. I don't think so. I think that may be another. That may be another Elliot Goldenthal track. Okay. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. It's um, like a very dramatic track, you know. And yeah, he finds uh, Trejo on the floor. Uh, oh, ends man. up having to put him out of his misery, but um, this one, Will Gaines, is like I like this one a lot because it's like um, it it feels like very nineties, you know, like the like the 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 synths and the and the keyboards, it's and building, the, and the it's uh, building, yeah, it's building, and then like you have these like kind of weird percussions, you know, it sounds like he's just hitting, you know, all these weird kind of like uh, drums or like you know. Mm-hmm. It, and then they, this is when they like breach the door, right? Like they, 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 of uh, Hugh Benny, the informant. Yeah. Yeah. They use the shotgun to blow the, the shotgun. Off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's intense, but it's, it, it's very real. It feels like, I mean, this feels like this is a, like a breach method that LAPD would use or like, you know, special force it or is. something. It is. Yeah. It is one of those methods that they would use too. It's like, and even in, in, in the part where what's it called where Pacino takes down Hugh Benny himself and toss him through a window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, like you have Henry Rollins, who we forgot to mention, who's like, you yeah. know, this, he was the lead singer of Black Flag, and he's in this movie just randomly. But I love it because he does such a good job. He plays like the, the, the Van Zant, you know, hitman, you know, bad guy, you know. Yeah. But he's really an informant for the cops. Yeah, yeah he's really an informant because, uh, you know, obviously he's he's probably gonna get in trouble or they mm. they they got him somehow, but. Yeah, it's it's funny. He tries to like, he tries to uh, throw Hannah through like, or throw him, throw him like to the side. And I was like, you know, in real life, it's like he would toss, he would toss Hannah like all like around a the rag room. dog. Yeah, I mean, like a rag doll. Yeah, 
Yeah, like Henry Rollins is just jacked. It would be not even like a a, a question of who would win that. But I remember him. I remember Henry Rollins from what's it called when he was in that third base video for Pop Pop Goes the Weasel, where he played like a caricature of Vanilla Ice, and he got beat down by both members of third base, and like he and he was taller than them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, in this movie, I think. Um, I think he did a good job, man. He was just, uh, and I just like it how Al Pacino, he's like, he's like, uh, who told you? And he's like, who told you, mother? Who? (laughs) He's like, you ratted Macaulay to us, you know? (laughs) And then like, you know, uh, Casals tries to hit him with a shotgun. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a great scene, but, um, can't believe that Eric Clapton was actually, uh, on the soundtrack. It's pretty, uh, that's it. Pretty that's amazing. another familiar. That's an, that's like three familiar names I've heard on here. Yeah, what's it called? Eric Clapton, House of Pain, and Brian Eno. Yeah, and then uh, you know we have that Brian Eno again. Late evening in Jersey. This is the next track. Um, it's played when uh, Charlene is um, introduced to Sergeant Drucker in the Venice safe house. That oh yeah, where Marciano basically tricked her into going there. Yeah, because Marciano he got picked up and pinched by the cops. Mm-hmm. And that scene where he walks in, the, the great ass scene, you know, right? Like, oh, yeah. she got a great ass. Why do I have to get involved in this bitch? Because she got a great ass. <laughs> it is and you got your head started. all the way up. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Jesus. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that was a genuine reaction. He's like, Jesus, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Because like he did, apparently Michael Mann didn't tell uh, Hank Azaria that like Al Pacino was going to do that. So he was like, whoa. <laughs> and Pacino was supposed to say big ass, but he says, great ass. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a, this is a great track because I think the synths like help build up the, the, suspense you don't know what charlene's gonna do uh and 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 they give more background to her as well they're like what's it called you grew up in foster care so did chris do you want your son dominic to grow up in foster care too you better rat on your husband lady yeah you don't want him you don't want your son to end up in uh was it gladiator academy is like chino and all that so so like all all, all them euphemisms they use for all the prisons and they mentioned so many of them during the film yeah yeah so uh it's false and as tough as they say it is you looking to be a pornographer <laughs> yeah i didn't I, I like i didn't actually know that that was a u- euphemism for like like wh- what did he say like chino and tracy was that was yeah. that what it was so mm-hmm. was that like like a nickname for uh like different prisons in california or yeah yeah chinos in california yeah um there was a song i heard years ago where they shout out all the different prisons in the country i'm like why why are you shouting them out for yeah a lot of a lot a lot of them should be torn down <laughs> yeah i didn't so like i mean there's a lot of authenticity to the to the to the movie the film right i mean like mm-hmm. those things i didn't even know were like you know slang or like euphemisms for a, like another prison oh check this out a side note what's it called in the, in the earlier robbery the armored car you know what the uh the armored protective services was called what it said on the side of the truck. Oh, Gage. Yeah. Gage Protective Services. Yeah. Kevin Gage, Wayne Grove. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Like, I, I saw that and I was like, I wonder if that's like, you know. Intentional. Yeah. Yeah. In- yeah I bet it, I bet it was. Um, Probably. 
Well, I, I believe I believe everything a director does is intentional. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so like the next track is uh, by William Orbit. It's called Last Lagoon. I really I really like this one. It's very surreal sounding. William Orbit is a uh, ambient kind of electronic artist, and mm-hmm. this is played after. Macaulay shows up at Edie's house and Edie obviously knows that he was involved in this bank robbery because of the news. Yeah. They got his face all plastered on the news, him and all the other, all the other robbers. She's like, this is you, this is you, you did this. That's the one thing I don't do. I don't sell medals. Yeah. And he's like, he says one line that I really like in that scene. He goes, it rains, you get wet, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I just like that for some reason. And he's drinking water too. So it's like, <laughs> Like it rains, you get wet, and then she runs out of the house, and that's when you hear the song kind of build up. Mm-hmm. She's and, running up the hill. Yeah, it's like, yeah. how could you do this to me? Yeah, it just works perfectly. I don't, I don't even know what else to say other than that. Like the synths just work well, and there's like a little bit of guitar in there. Yeah, it's uh, like it's like it's like the kind of music you hear when you disbelieve something. Like it conflicts with your uh, with what you thought you knew. Yeah, and it's just very surreal. Like I feel like it's a very surreal scene and surreal sounding. The the music, the vibe to it. So, yep, um, that. And then he has another song here called "The Mighty Limpopo." Um, this is when, this is essentially when Charlene goes to the balcony and mm-hmm. is in the safe house, and and Chris shows up. So Drucker wants her to lure Chris, you know, into the safe house so that. You know the LAPD, LAPD can uh, arrest, arrest him, him yeah. and uh, so you, and then she gives like it's all through the emotions too. Like there's no like they're bonded. That's he's like she, she's she's I, the son. What did he say about her earlier? What's it called? Uh, my world begins and ends with her. It's like meaning you know her. She's your soulmate. So I, they he can read her. I think he said like the sun rises and sets with her. Sets with her. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So it was. Uh, like in the music here is just it's perfect it uh it just it it tells everything like it's almost like it, almost like the music tells the story with their emotions like their facial emotions you know it's like right he does one thing like he looks up at her she looks like at him like but they don't say anything you know but they're making these expressions like it's like kind of like hey like what's up like are you good you know are you can i get you out of here and she's like no like and then she does that famous like that famous shot mm-hmm. where she does like the little like hand swipe thing on the balcony yeah. where she's like, no mm-hmm. go, you know, and mm-hmm. then he knows to to get out of there and you never right. really and find it, out what happens to them. But I assume that they get back together again. I, if that is they're not under under intense police surveillance because Chris, he's the only member of the crew that lived. So there's going to be a manhunt for him. Yeah. And so he's probably he's a whitey bulger type figure at this point, assuming the character is still alive. Yeah. And with and he's and he got all that money too. Yeah, yeah, he had all the money. So you know, you don't know if he he actually gets away or not. But um, a great scene. And then we go to the last one, man. This is like the oh. epic, the epic song by Moby. God moving over the face of the waters, and it it's it, it's like even the jet engines of the planes were part were were, were as much a part of the scene. The intensity of it, it's like he's about to he couldn't resist. Neil couldn't resist. He has to go. He couldn't resist taking revenge on Wayne Grove. You just had to go back to the hotel, wouldn't you? Where the cops knew you would go. Yeah, yeah. And then what's it called? Edie. She's left in the car by herself with that money. It's like, I'm, lady, I hope you ran away. I hope you ran away. I hope they never saw you. Yeah, I didn't think about that. The money was, was like she probably had an opportunity to just kind of run, <laughs> take the money I hope and she, run. Like, 
I, I hope she took it because otherwise she's technically an accomplice. Yeah. So, um, but an amazing scene, you know, Hannah chases him down through the air, uh, the airport. They have kind of a little shootout there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually Hannah um, ends up killing uh, Macaulay. But like, you don't know what's going to happen really. Cause you think Hannah, uh, excuse me, Macaulay, Macaulay got the drop on him. Yeah. He was like, all right, I'm going to wait till the spotlights, the, the landing lights come on that are right. super bright. I'm going to come out and try to hit him. And then, you know, uh, Hannah being like the, the, he sees the shadow and that gives it away where he's like, spun, he spuns around, he gets spun around and plus the sound of the jet engine. So he just spuns around, just shoots Macaulay like four times. Yeah. And then, you know, they hold each other's hands at the end of it. I mean, which is, uh, it's very, um, very emotional scene, but, it's but very, very emotional because those two characters is like, there. it's like, it's almost like you're the only one I have a real connection with throughout the whole film and you're, and yet we're on different sides of the law. Yeah. But he holds in something about, told you I was never going back. Yeah. Yeah. I told you I was yeah, never going true. back. And it's like very, um, I don't know. It's like, a, it, it's very like a celestial, you know, it's like, it's epic. It's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it, you just have to, you have to hear the song. It's like, they have like, there's like pianos and an orchestra very, in it. And it's very atmospheric, very ethereal. Yeah. So, but a great soundtrack, man. I enjoyed doing this. This was this, uh, this is a hell of a soundtrack, man. I mean, I've watched the movie more than I've actually gave a soundtrack a listen, but I may have to add this to my CD repertoire before the year ends. You know? Yeah, definitely. And there's so many songs that aren't even on the soundtrack as well that are good. Yeah. You know, that I there are pick up on, but there are. And and now that on, on a on a past note, when we did the uh, the podcast on a uh, blue chips, right. Yeah, I, I may have to get the CD for that now, as well as the uh, the Blu-ray, because the Blu-ray came out this month. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of great music on that. Casino was another good one, where it was like I felt like, you know, we had to pick and choose which which uh, songs we were going to do. Many. It's just too many. It's just of too them. many. It's like yeah. Goodfellas. We we probably could never do Goodfellas <laughs> because it's just there's more on there than there was in Casino. Yeah, exactly. But uh. Yeah, we'll have to do another soundtrack soon. I was thinking maybe we do like Deadpool two or something, or maybe we do, maybe do another movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or what's it called? One of the TV shows, really, because they got plenty of songs on there. We got yeah. plenty to pick and choose from. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or No Way Home, Spider Man. They got plenty of songs in that one too. Yeah, they even had De- they even had a De La Soul song up in there. Oh wow, yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. And you know, I'll have to uh, stop into the the three hundred one uh, Colored Commentators podcast as well. We're Talk some music we'll, there potentially, and uh, you know we'll, we'll collaborate. Be to, we'll be yeah, we'll be glad to have you. We'll be glad to have you. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do our second episode another few weeks. We're gonna be talking about the Godfather one and two, Dave Chappelle's The Closer, and that that and that what's it called show Stars show a BMF about the Black Mafia family in Detroit. Okay, cool. That sounds awesome, man. Well, good stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, hey man, Thank thanks you, for thanks for doing this. Uh, do you want to you know tell anybody or everybody what you know where your podcast can be found and kind of social media? Yeah, look at a, look look us up on Instagram and YouTube. The three hundred one colored commentators. Yeah, me and my friend Anthony we dissect pop culture left and right. Yeah, follow us on IG three hundred one colored commentators and subscribe on YouTube as well too on the same name. All right, man. Well, this was fun. We'll do it again. And thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. And we'll see you yes, guys thank later. Thank you, everybody. It's always All right. fun. All right. Later, Andrew. See you.
This podcast is available on my YouTube channel, Rotunes Reviews. It's also available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other major podcast distributors as well. So if you don't mind, please leave me some feedback. I'd really appreciate that. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. My Twitter handle is at RotunesRevs. I'm on Instagram, and I'm also on the Untapped app. My username is Brutuned. This is Andrew signing off. Cheers.